Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Happy Sunday, everyone. So good to be with you again. Thanks for tuning in. Looking forward to the grand final. That's, Ethan was just telling me could be moved to Perth suddenly because of Queensland's number of cases. So that'll be interesting to see. I know Dissa and Bronnie are very much hoping for a South victory. I'll be going for Penrith. But anyway, I hope there's something for us all to enjoy. Um, Zare's Farm, I'll just put up a, a spring photo because spring is such a great time of year. There's a little bit of produce. There's colour going on. I've got some good things planned at the moment. Um, they look like they're coming through and will bear fruit in a couple of months. There's tomatoes and passion fruit and lemons and a few potatoes left, strawberries, lemon myrtle and other stuff I've forgotten about, a whole lot of citrus. Anyway, we're having a great time. Spring's an awesome time of year. Just to remind you how good it is to be through winter, I'll put up a winter photo. Um, <laughs> that's me in a wetsuit so I can swim in the pool in the middle of winter. I made myself a hat out of an old wetsuit so I wouldn't get ear <laughs> My family pay out on me when they see me put that on. So anyway, maybe that helps you feel really successful when you see how bad I look there. And prayer dog, there's a little photo of her being TV dog. There she is being TV dog as well. All right. Okay. Um, Jesus, you alone, that song's beautiful. And uh, we are going to learn today a little bit about the aloneness of Jesus when he was up against authority being used the wrong way. So... We're looking at the third part of the series, Bad Boys and Bullies of the Bible. Um, we've done, um, we have done Pontius Pilate and Cain, and today we're doing Caiaphas. Um, I kind of like him the least of anyone we've dealt with so far. I find him actually a really difficult man. Couldn't see many redeeming qualities. But anyway, let's, let's have a look at, so we mentioned last week when we're talking about Cain, there was this the continual conflict between grace and corruption. And in 1 John 3, um, it says, why did Cain hate his brother? It says, because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. So therefore, do not be surprised if the world hates you. It's like it's saying, if you live a righteous life, there's going to be people that hate you. You'd think it would be live a righteous life so everyone will like you, but it just doesn't work that way, and, and we'll see it in, in the life of Jesus. A little bit on Caiaphas. He was the high priest of the Jews for 18 years. He was a Sadducee who believed that there was no resurrection. He was known to be a man of bad temper, wicked schemes. He was arrogant, insolent, insulting, excessive, rude, and overconfident. Um, it seems to me that in the story, for a religious man who's supposed to be representing God, every move I see make, it seems to be exactly what Satan would do in that situation. So it kind of throws me. Um, anyway, let's just read some scripture. We'll start with Matthew 26, verse 3. It'll come up on the screen, verses 3 to 5. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, his name was Caiaphas, and they schemed to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, 
or there may be a riot among the people. doesn't sound like a very righteous thing for a religious leader to do. Plotted evil, schemes, secrecy, fooling the people, not good things. We won't, I won't read this out, but in Matthew 26, 57, it talks about how Caiaphas searches for and uses false evidence against Jesus. He uses false witnesses. And then in a dramatic scene where he's being a drama queen, Jesus says something and he tears his clothes to kind of to try and make a point and make Jesus look bad. He allowed Jesus to be spat at, punched, beaten. Um, when it was against the, uh, their own rules of the Sanhedrin to let that happen um, before someone was declared guilty. So let's just have a look. Let's go a little bit deeper. John 11, verse 47. Um, uh, verse 47, or John 11, yeah. These first few verses might not be on the screen, but we'll, we'll get to verse 49. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. go on like this, everyone will believe in him and then the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our nation. Then one of them named Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, spoke up. You know nothing at all. There's his arrogance against his own team. You do not realise that it is better for you that one man die for the people than that the whole nation perish. He did not say this on his own, but as high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation, and not only for that nation, but also for the scattered children of God to bring them together, to make them one. So from that day on, they plotted to take Jesus' life. Therefore, Jesus no longer moved about publicly among the people of Judea. Instead, he withdrew. Um, gee, there's some, there's some arrogance in that passage. And what's interesting about it is a correct prophecy but it's prophesied out of a wrong heart. And that's a very, very interesting theological concept. Um, other mentions of Caiaphas in Scripture, in Acts 4, Peter and John had healed a guy and they get dragged before the, the Sanhedrin again to kind of give an account and threats are made by Caiaphas and his team against them to stop doing what they're doing. The trick was they couldn't force that because the guy who'd been healed was standing right there in their presence. Um, it seems that the healing of Lazarus or the raising of Lazarus from the dead seemed to tip Caiaphas and his boys over the edge. They felt very threatened about what was going to happen. And also in Matthew 28, it's Caiaphas that bribes the soldiers to lie about the resurrection of Jesus and the disappearance of his, of his body. So he does some really heavy things wrong. Um, I, th I think what we're looking at today brings up the dangers of having power. Power's good in the right hands, but geez, mankind and men are corrupted by it easily. And power does corrupt, especially if you come into a lot quickly. Um, also, there's the concept of letting go of power. Even me in retiring or semi-retiring earlier this year, there's a letting go of power that's important. Also, hanging on to power, that that would be done in the right ways. We're lucky in a democracy that the right way to hang on to power is to go to an election and, and people follow that. So in the power thing, there's a whole pride versus humility. And can I just tell you one really interesting thing? 
In Matthew 26, Jesus before the Sanhedrin, it's called the trial of Jesus. But in terms of eternity, I want to tell you what it was. It was actually the trial of the Sanhedrin and how they handled the power that God had given them. That's, that's a big deal. And so whenever you know, we're given power on the earth, how we handle it, we will have to give an account to, to God one day. So we don't judge power. Power judges us. Um, it's, it's interesting. As soon as you step into position that had, carries authority with it, you'll be tested. Uh, even, do you know what? The first two weeks that we came to be senior pastors of this church, the previous pastor, who I ended up getting on well with, and there was a good restoration, but he was finding it really difficult and um, would stand up the back of the church and say, he's not the senior pastor I am. So from the day we arrived, there was immediate challenge to our authority and our power. It's just interesting. Um, um, even Paul Bartlett, our state president, his heart during this difficult time is to support the government in helping the nation overcome the difficulties we're facing with the pandemic. He's not resisting authority. He's trying to honour the authority that God says he's put in place. And elected authority really is put there by God. So I wonder what power struggles we're involved in, in our own situations. Sometimes there's little power struggles that go on and it's really important in power struggles to seek God and ask him what he wants your actions to be. What, what is the righteous action? It's not about crushing people. Just an interesting story about a power struggle. Decades ago, we had a guy named Mike Battersby who was a builder and had a big building company, preached in our church, Battersby. And he told this story. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it was a true one he knew about or, or where it came from, but, it, but he said this. There was a builder he knew in Perth who was building an incredibly, an incredible multi-million dollar home by the sea for someone. And, and the guy building the home spared no expense and beautiful things were going to happen. But during the process, the builder, something fermented in his thought life and he started to get really angry that this rich man was getting such a wealthy home when he himself didn't have that. And so he started to cut corners and use cheaper materials and do things that would make the house not last as long. And the funny thing is, when the house was finished and he handed over the keys to the owner, the owner who was very wealthy said to him, you know what, I've been thinking a lot about why should I have a house like this when you haven't got one? And he said, I'm giving you this house. And he gave him the keys. I thought, wow. Talk about reaping, reaping what you sow and handing, handling power the right way. Can I just tell you a funny analogy, but it's, it's, I find this an interesting one. It's dumb, but let's just go with it. One rude word, but you'll cope. The story of the cat and the duck. On a Tasmanian farm... A duck thought, I'm not flying north for winter with everyone else. I like it here. Four weeks later, when the weather was freezing, he changes his mind and heads off, but his wings freeze and he crashes to the ground and seems dead. A cow comes over and poos on him. It warms him up and saves his life. So he gets up, making a loud noise, quack, quack. The local tomcat hears the quack, comes over, cleans off the poo 
off the duck and then eats him. Three lessons from the story. Are you ready? Number one, the person who craps on you isn't out to kill you. That's the cow. Number two, the person who is nice to you may not want what is best for you. That's the cat. And number three, sometimes when you're covered in crap, it's better to keep quiet. That's the duck. They're, they're life truths that have got, or senses that have got a lot of, a lot of truth, truth to them. Um, I just want to refer to, I, I got some deep stuff out of, out of Matthew Henry on this John eleven forty seven that we read about the prophecy of Caiaphas. Um, I didn't realize Matthew Henry was so long ago. He lived in the 1700s. But I, I love the way he was such a truth guy and the truth back then, he has ways of saying it that un, unlock truth for us today. It's very interesting. So here's just some of his insights on, on Caiaphas. Caiaphas and Sin, they own the truth of Christ's miracles and talk about how everyone will, will believe. It's like they're saying these are true signs from heaven and in a way they're witnessing against themselves. The crunch moment comes when they have this belief. If we don't do something, all men will believe in him. The success of the gospel is the dread of its enemies. If souls are saved, people lose their power over people. Isn't that interesting? And so again, you end up with one of these power struggles. And in power struggles, you might be the, the one with the power, but how you handle power imbalance, which is only something I've learned about later in life. I wish I knew about it younger in life. How you handle that, you have to give an account to God for. Um, I, it was interesting uh, when I was school teaching, I, I once had a year three class and we had quite a move of God amongst the kids. And uh, a lot of them, you know, really got saved full on and we'd run um, a little service in our classroom and invite the parents and the kids to share their testimonies and some of the parents got saved. It was just a beautiful move of God. But what, what happened out of that after a couple of weeks, a persecution broke out against me because the parents didn't like that the children were sharing the testimony how they were sinners and that, and that God loved them. They, they didn't want to see their kids like that. The principal was kind of thrown because the parents were whinging about me and then the parish priest was worried because it wasn't so much a Catholic kind of thing that was happening. And so they came up with a scheme. They put me the next year on a team teaching situation with another teacher where we taught a class together so that this person could see me do something wrong and then become a witness against me anyway we taught for three months together and there was just nothing wrong that they could find. But a little girl who'd already been going to our church um, before I even took the class said in class one day, I go to Mr. Zare's church. And that was it. So within a few weeks, I was sacked. Um, and when she said those words, I thought, oh, that's, <laughs> that's the end of that job. And, you know, I just wanted to be gracious to the kid and not go crook on her. So I said, oh, thanks for sharing that. And I thought... Oh boy, tough couple of weeks coming up. God used that to um, my pastor, you know, let me become the church's first full-time youth pastor from that. But it just interested me when gospel breaks out, resistance will, will break out as well. It's just how the earth 
how the earth works. Um, so sometimes we can have wrong expectations about all that stuff. We, we want life to be wonderful, but, but there's stuff that goes wrong on the earth. Um, what else can I tell you? All right, a couple of points. Caiaphas versus Jesus. Jesus' attitude was that he takes humanity's place. He becomes the sacrifice for them. He rather himself suffer than we suffer. It's amazing. Caiaphas wants to use an executional revenge. Psalm 2.2 says, The rulers took counsel together against the Lord, and that was what happened. The enemies of Christ sometimes pretend to care for the public good. Caiaphas, Judas, and Saul all did this. But their real concern was for their own image through their ambition, not their servanthood. So I think for all of us as Christians, we will have moments where ambition and servanthood challenge each other in us and we need to kind of get with God and handle those challenges the right way. Um, it just amazes me that they conclude that Jesus is an enemy to them when he's only done good things. It arouses jealousy, insecurity, self-protection and causes them to return evil, evil for good. So there we see what we talked about last week, the conflict between grace and corruption. Um, I, ju I just wanted to mention this before I go to the last point. You know, in this story, and you're seeing it, um, kind of all go wrong and the you, first time I read the Bible I keep accepting, <laughs> expecting Jesus to come through and none of their plans had worked but their plans kept working and it was freaking me out how willing people were to become false witnesses and things like that but it's funny as you read through it one of the little things that I love to this day when I, when I read through the gospel accounts and the disasters at the end of this I love the dissenters the righteous ones who who quietly took their stand and did the right thing. You have Nicodemus, you know, who came to Jesus to ask sincere questions and get good answers. You have Joseph of Arimathea that was on the Sanhedrin but used his own money to, to, to buy a tomb and to go and get Jesus' body. And I, I think was the guy who paid for all the aloes and things to, to anoint him with. There was the thief on the cross because in the gospel accounts, in one gospel, it says both of thieves were persecuting him, but then one of them has a change of heart. And then you've got Peter versus Judas, who do a similar thing wrong in a way of denying Christ, but one of them goes hard and won't repent, but Peter breaks and puts things right and moves on. And I thought those dissenters... <laughs> against the lies of the enemy are so beautiful against, I think, massive pressure. They just find a way to get through. And what about the centurion who was part of the crucifixion, but when all the earthquakes and things happened when Jesus died, he said, surely this was the son of God. And I think he's like the thief. He's another one whose confession of his mouth, like the belief in his heart changed, but the confession of his mouth got him across the line. Um, they're beautiful people and it makes me appreciate beautiful people in touch situation, tough situations. I was thinking of Peter Massey who did communion last week and he just shared so beautifully. He said this, in pressured times like these, a community that looks like it's together can fracture. So I think we've all got a responsibility to be wise in the way we handle ourselves and the way we handle our friends and other people in the church 
not contending with each other, but, but learning how to tell our narrative without judging someone else and learning how to tell our narrative without pushing our beliefs onto someone else. Um, there's got to be a right way in a free spirit that's pure in the, in the way you tell your narrative that's not manipulative. Um, got be like Peter, not Judas. Be like Nicodemus, not Caiaphas. Um, it's so interesting to me, the power thing. Jesus, he could have had all power if he wanted it, called on, how many legions of angels does he say, Ros, when in that script? Ten, yes, like 10,000 angels he could call on, but he doesn't. And he submits to people that are treating him badly and abusing their power horribly because of the purpose that, that's on his life. It, it, it really amazes me that. Um, let, me, let me finish with this thought, just a couple of thoughts. The light, there's a scripture, there's a beautiful scripture that says the light of the knowledge of the glory of God comes to us in the face of Christ Jesus. So it seems to me as I read scripture that there's this moment in eternity where we see Jesus' face for the first time and it, it, it is what transforms us. Um, I'd hate to be a person that spat in his face, that punched his face, that disfigured his face, that abused, yelled things into his ears. I'd hate to be, and, and yet what we have to be careful of is this, you know, I wonder if we do spit in his face and strike him. I don't know the answer, you know, when you deny his deity or persecute his church or attack his believers or misrepresent God, I don't know, but I sometimes wonder if those things are like striking his face, and yet that's the face that we'll see and fall in love with at the end of time that will transform our lives. And what a, what a heavy thing to take something so beautiful that God treasured and Caiaphas allows, you know, spitting and beating and crown of thorns and just horrible things to happen. Um, yeah. So can I just pray? I just, it's horrid stuff, really, that whole story. So Jesus, we do love you. We thank you that you forgive us and all the trouble you went to so we could be forgiven. We declare the areas of guilt in our own lives that we want to put right and we want to live right before you. We want to declare that to us your face is beautiful and we look forward to that moment in eternity and we want to treat you well and with respect. We want to honour you and we want to honour people the way you want us to treat them. We thank you for your help in this by your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Love you people. I'm going to hand back to Carly, but enjoy the grand final if it's on. Please help it to be on. We need something interesting to watch. Anyway, love you all, missing you all, pretty excited about when we get to be back together. Take care. Love you. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.